0: Hello, my name is Good John Bergman, GB for short. My guest in this episode is Mark Miller from Career Pivot. He has some fascinating insights into ageism, the last acceptable bias, as he calls it. Welcome, Mark. Well, thank you. It's great, it's great seeing you. It's great seeing you, and uh, <laughs> yes, you too. It's a fascinating topic. Thank you. Uh, so before we get started, tell us your background and, and how you got into coaching. Well, I have an incredibly eclectic background. I
1: spent much of my first two-thirds of my career in technology. I was a geek that could speak. I finally nearly killed myself in a bicycle accident about 20 years ago. And uh, that got me to switch careers out of technology. Went back into, I taught high school math. I then, when I came out of teaching after two years, which I couldn't do and stay healthy, I, um, I ended up joining a job club that I saw folks that look like me, um, by the way, I'm 66 now, um, who were being thrown out of big companies. And I said, wow, who's worrying or who's thinking about these folks' careers? And the answer was nobody because we were all going to go retire. And then came the great recession and no one is able, or should say about 30% are actually financially able to retire. And I went back to work for another startup, but say the least back about 10 years ago, I started career pivot uh, originally as a, as a coaching practice. Now I run a a commute online community. Um, So that people who say, okay, I may not be able to retire, but that means I may have to work. I may have to have an encore career. I need to keep pivoting as we, as life goes on, and one of the things we've seen the last two years with the pandemic, where everything has been disrupted, mm-hmm. um, you're gonna have to find new ways of of living, of making money. And by the way, a lot of us are gonna live to 100. So, thinking that you're
0: you're done at 65 is probably you're probably wrong. You're... I just read The Happiness Curve by uh, Jonathan Rauch, and he talks about a group of people who are coming together to support each other after retirement and all that. And he said exactly the same thing. He said, you know, the the people at 65 were saying, well, you know, at this age and everything, and then the people at 80 were going like, you have no idea (laughs) how long, you know, (laughs) how much time you have left, you know? So so that's interesting. So tell us a little bit about what what is the definition of ageism? Well, ageism is discrimination
1: based on your age, and if you look at my white paper, or um, there are a number of people who say it's it's um, it's discriminating it's discriminating against your future self because we're all going to get older, yeah. um, and we're seeing that. I mean, ageism is not something that's been around for all that long Um, in the fact that in, in many cultures, we look at, we look at people getting older and we look, we revere them for being wise. Right. Um, And, you know, I'll use the example. I live outside of Guadalajara, Mexico, pre-pandemic, we had a celebration where they were putting the pictures of all the women over ninety in the community in the central plaza to honor them. You don't see that in the Western world anymore. No. And so, and then you have Mark Zuckerberg, who flatly said, "Well, younger people are just smarter,"
0: well, which is, isn't it also that we're you know as a as a species we're living longer, and and. Therefore, this is a new thing that, as you say, it's a, the the last <laughs> acceptable bias because it, because people seem to be blind to it in some well, way, they... and it's not generally talked about. It, more and more people are talking about it. You among them, are, you know. But but it's not this thing that that is apparent to everybody immediately. Well, it's one of these
1: things that we are definitely getting older. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, even the concept of retirement is a newfangled thing. And the way I like to go back to it is in 1960, there was a great visionary, Del Webb. He opened Sun City of of Sun City, Arizona on January 1st of 1960. And he had 10,000 cars lined up on that first day. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and he only had five model homes in a strip mall. And of those 10,000 cars in 1960, how many of those folks do you think smoked? Probably most of them. They didn't live all that long. And so we're now seeing, except for the pandemic, we've been seeing you a know, pandemic has reduced life expectancies in the U S. Mm-hmm. Um, but, In general, we're living longer and longer and longer. And I had Andrew Scott on my podcast uh, a couple of years ago, and he wrote the the book The 100-Year Life. And a 65-year-old today has the longevity. um, Essentially, you're going to live 10, you have a longevity 10 years longer than you did uh, 20 years ago. So you've been handed 10 more years of life. Mm -hmm. What the hell are you going to do with
0: it? Well, that's a good question. Now, the thing you're talking about, though, in ageism, is that people are at a job. They are working. They don't feel like they're slowing down at all. They've accrued all this experience, all this really wisdom when it comes to their work. They can figure things out quicker. and Many good things about... Of course, their wages have gone up over time as well. Uh, But it's the ageism at work where people are being you know pushed out overlooked and all that and you have a great list in your uh, white paper of the 11 ways to identify uh, ageism from sherman law could you maybe take us through that
1: sure a little bit more. well the first one is you facing harassment based on your age right um i saw that at my last tech startup i had people i walked into a room the one time i had been gone on a trip i grew a mustache it was gray I walked into the room, and my boss and a, and, a, and another colleague were snickering at me. And it's like, give me a break! I mean, it was, they were they were like children. But, um, the second one is seeing hiring pattern for only younger employees. We're seeing this a lot, particularly in tech, where um, we now that we have you know DEI. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Many of those programs do not include age. In fact, only about twenty percent of DEI's uh, programs include age as a as a as a factor for diversity. And we know that, particularly in companies that produce products, a age diverse. Product team
0: actually produces better products, because, but because it's not included in that diversity profile, that's right. Well, it's we've mm-hmm. we've seen this in in the tech industry for years, mm-hmm. where
1: you know where they would hire largely based on who their best employees were. Well, if all your employees are young white males, you continue to hire
0: young white males. But it's also there are some like. Uh, Words they use. We want some more yeah. energy. We want. Uh, well, that's hearing ideas. age.
1: Yeah. That's hearing age related remarks. Yeah. Uh, my last my last corporate gig, I wanted to hire someone about my own age, which was mid 50s. And my boss said, nah, he just doesn't have the energy. Which is code for saying you're too He's old. He's too old. Yeah. Um, I've had friends get turned down for promotions and um the one i at my last tech startup i worked with a guy who at ibm kept on getting passed over and he pushed his boss the one time and they finally said oh you don't have enough career runway we're not going to put um we're not going to put you know
0: invest in you because you don't have enough time left for us to right. think okay here if we put That's this right. person yeah And I,
1: the one time I used to do a, um, a multi-generational workshop and I did it for the top law firms in Austin Mm. and one of the top law firms was hosting it. And at the end I looked around the room, I said, so what do you guys think? And one young guy who was, um, he was, uh, a, a older generation X born in 66, 65 and he looks, he says, all these baby boomers just need to go retire and get out of our way. And the lead guy for the firm that was that was hosting it was in his late 60s. And he's going, I'm not getting I'm it's my business. I'm not retiring. I don't have to get out of your way.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that is where um I talk in the white paper about the fact that um. Are we are we are we pushing people down and 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 pushing them out, which is typically versus, or um, which is you know if if you talk about based on you know racism mm-hmm. is we're 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 discriminating against you because of um, we we just don't like you yeah. versus ageism. We very often people feel we're blocking them.
0: It's what we call age blocking. So they want to get rid of because you know I, I'm not going to get promoted if you just hang on to your job for as long as you can.
1: Yes, and and we there there is to some extent um, that's true. Uh, mm-hmm. It is true in academia
0: where very often
1: academics never retire. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've produced way too many PhDs. And there are just not enough slots
0: for professors, yeah.
1: Yep. Um, And that's part of, um, so being overlooked for challenging assignments, being isolated and left out. The one that's big one is being encouraged or forced to retire. I had a friend that that happened to a GE. It was just time to retire. Yep. Well, I was at IBM in the early 90s when IBM went through its near bankruptcy. And I was in my mid-30s, but I had all kinds of friends who were in their 50s, and they were basically said, go retire. And they were not prepared. They weren't prepared financially, but more importantly, they weren't prepared emotionally because their entire view of their world was based on, they had a big IBM logo on their forehead. I'm an IBM. I'm an IBMer and suddenly you take that away. It's dead.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, You know, we, we tend to view. um, We, we brand ourselves and very often it's with a profession, with a company or an industry. And when that company kicks you out or the industry dies, um, I'll use the example. I've known people who came out of direct mail. I mean, that literally died in 2007. Yeah. And my son, my son happened to have gone to work for the, in the great recession. My son was working for the U S postal service in the in headquarters. Yeah. And the amounts of direct mail went down 80%. Um, and it was, you know, if you are if you if you had branded yourself and spent 30 years in that industry, it's devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, having your position eliminated well, one of the big ones is having an employment improvement plan a PIP. Um, basically, and what's that? Is that is that performance before? improvement performance imp- improvement plan um, says, "Oh, you're not doing your job." So we're going to put you on a 90-day plan, and and that it's a, it's a reason to lay you off or to fire you. Um, and same same thing with facing unfair discipline. The whole idea here is, and most companies, we've seen it. Well, today, if you if you if a company is going to do a layoff and it's large enough, they have to show that they're not discriminating. So they have to show all the demographics they're laying off mm-hmm. with a lot of companies. And there's one in Austin that used to be famous for doing mini layoffs. So flying underneath the radar, um, where they would, you know, do micro layoffs. And, uh, so they didn't have to report it to the, uh, various different government employment agencies. And it was a way to, um, you know, prune the, um, prune the workforce, uh, GE was famous for this back in the Jack Welch days of where you, you automatically, you ranked everybody and you eliminated the bottom 10%. Well, ranking is a, is a brutal way of doing things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, when I was at my first tech startup and we were acquired by Lucent, then Lucent Microelectronics was spun out as the gear systems. I was on the team that was ranking people. God, I never want to do that again.
0: I can imagine. Be- You're putting numbers on everything, right? Yep.
1: And we had, you know, like I said, I had one young man who was underperforming. Uh, he had problems um, and he was about to go buy a house. He was going to buy it. He was in his 20s, going to put down payment. And I, finally, I said, his boss couldn't tell him, but I took him out for lunch and said, don't do that. I can't tell you're going to be laid off, but the the likelihood you are. And companies use this ranking very often to essentially eliminate older workers. And the primarily the reason for eliminating the older workers is
0: very often they make more money. Yeah. So you can prune the cost by taking out the people who make more money and we'll just figure, get more, you know, people. So we can pay less and, yeah.
1: And the other thing that we've also seen in the last 20 years is particularly in big organizations, um, they flattened out. Um, Middle management has largely disappeared from all of these companies. And if you had spent your career... um, and got moved into middle management, very often you were vulnerable. So as, and we're, we're seeing this coming out of the pandemic, um, companies are having to morph themselves and the easiest people to get rid of are the folks who make the most money.
0: But so do you kind of distinguish between just these general business practices and then ageism and then... You know, is it me or is it my age? right I yeah. do something wrong or, or is it is it something that's uh, because of my age? Well, number one, you're not going to change any of these businesses. No. You right? have to learn to live with the system as it is. But right. knowing what it is, is is it's important, right? Yes.
1: Well, one of the things um, is... Very often, if you've been working at a business in an industry for 30 years, you say, well, I got 30 years of experience. Well, is that experience still relevant? Um, there's no question. We we have a habit of resting on our laurels. Um, you know, one of the questions in the pandemic, have you been taking online training?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Have you been up,
0: upskilling? Uh, it's never been easier to upskill. So that's the the thing that you're saying is to shore yourself up, and you know that this is the bias. To to so to shore yourself up, one of the things you can do is to keep learning.
1: Yes, you know we we know we have to be a lot lifelong learners,
0: and of course that's not the world I grew up in. I mean, I, you I, you got your education, and then you got the job, and then you stayed in the job. Now you have to con- constantly be upgrading your skills, right?
1: Yes, I mean, um, I commonly joke, I do a career and industry disruption talk, and I talk about the fact that uh, I've been, for for the last three years, I've been trying to order these crystal balls off Amazon, and they're always on back order. (laughs) Uh, We've seen so much disruption and so much stuff change, and, and we're still seeing that. Right now, there's a huge disconnect. You know, we have 11 million job postings, and mm-hmm. we only have like five million or six million people looking for work. It's a huge disconnect between what people are looking for and what the job postings are. And you know, we're 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 this whole idea of remote work. Um, you know, a lot of companies are saying we want everybody back in the office. And the answer is a lot of people is going. I don't want to go back to the office. I like not commuting. And we're going to see a lot, a lot more disruption. the The fact is, as a someone who has thirty years of experience, if that experience is not relevant today, in the disrupted world, or you have been working in an industry that has been disrupted, which is, you know, retail hospitality, um, you know, there are so many industries that have been so disrupted by different customer buying habits. I mean, the classic one is, you know, if you look at the airline flown this summer, right? They don't have enough pilots. Why? Because so they told so many pilots to retire. Well, they could just get them to come back. Well, not if they haven't been keeping their skills up and their certifications and everything else. So it's a matter of looking looking at internally. Are you still relevant? Are you ageist? By the way, we all are. Okay,
0: so explain that a little bit. Actually.
1: Well, if... Like, before we got on, I talked about it. I used to I said, you know what? I suffer from CRS disorder. Yeah. I can't remember stuff. <laughs> that is an
0: ageist remark. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. So we, uh-huh. so we all, and we have those ideas, not just about other people, but about ourselves as well. That's right. And, and that's like you were talking about before we came on. It's like, it also affects everything from, you know, that to our health even. Uh, but yes. we won't go get into that too deep, but that's something that's, that's another fascinating topic so what you're saying is really is when you coach people here the first thing you would say is keep learning you you have some ideas on the white paper. you know go to a conference every year even if you have to pay for it what else would you
1: well it's it's guessing? getting on to edu. uh sorry um um any one of them. the, the... Massively online learning uh, websites. EDX.org is the one I was thinking of, which by the way, has all these college courses in there. I use the four letter F word. They're free. Yeah. Right? It's never been easier. Um, Two, looking internal and eliminating Aegis language from yourself. Uh, Ashton Applewhite, who was on my podcast, uh, she wrote the book This Chair Rocks. She talks about the fact that you you know a, a sixteen year old who can't find their keys, they don't go. Oh, I'm having a junior moment. <laughs> that, that's a great point, right? Yeah. Um, you know you you've got to limit the ageist language. Uh, the other piece is, are you are you discriminatory against younger people? Oh, all those millennials. Mm. Um, well, there's. You can't say anything about these are not homogeneous groups. Now, they're not all Mark Zuckerberg. Right. Yeah. Um, You know, they're well, they're all slackers. No, they're not.
0: My son's 39.
1: He's one of the hardest working people I know.
0: Um, And so so these sweeping generalizations is kind of stay away from that kind of language. Yep. So, so how does that help me if I'm going through so learning and then cleaning up my language around ageism? Well,
1: it's it's the only thing you can control is you. Uh-huh. So, if you can if you can stop being ageist, three is um, the Becky Levy book um, uh, uh, on on ageism, and hold on a second. Um, she, she, she talks about the fact that if we view getting older as a bad thing, that actually has to impact our own health as we get older. And one ways of doing this, and I, I have role models where I live in out here, uh, outside of Guadalajara, I have 75 year olds who kick my ass going up a, up the mountain. That you, changes my view of what it means to get older.
0: So that's an interesting thing, though. Is <clears throat> here you would be swimming against the current. Yeah. In in the states, so you'd be swimming against the current, going like, okay, so I need to change my personal beliefs around aging. But where I'm, where are the role models? Where is the social support? You know. But that's what you're saying, really, is. You're not going to change the system. This is embedded in the system already, so you gotta, you know, change your own thinking and your own approach and and stay relevant. Be well, learning and stay stay relevant. And by the way, take care of your own health. Yeah.
1: Um. You know, it. If I just pulled up the the latest Fidelity report, Fidelity every year comes produces a report on how much a married couple age 65 that year will spend in, in healthcare for the rest of their lives. So right now it's about $350,000. Uh, it's above and beyond. It's out of pocket
0: expenses because you're going to live for another 35 years. Um, so it actually, so even if you have Medicare and even if you have all the things that you think are going to be, <clears throat> are going to right. you are going to. Yeah. You're,
1: you're gonna, It's, it's going to cost you, which is one reason why medical debt is one of the, the biggest problems we have. and it, it, And so the key piece here is take care of yourself. It's actually an investment. Eating right. I mean, one of the things we really noticed when we moved here to Mexico, when we would go back to Austin... First thing my wife said was every time she walked into a store, she had sugar shoved in her face, candy, you know, at the the cash registers everywhere. And my wife is typical of a 60 plus year old woman. She has a sweet tooth and, and that's just unhealthy.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So learning to just, you know, exercise diet, um, all the things that you need to do to take care of yourself is an investment. By the way, you will come off as having more energy. You will come off acting younger.
0: Yeah.
1: Your behavior will change. And how people will look at you will change.
0: And by well, the way, how are, they will are treat Kind you. of intangibles, but for people who just want to think about the money, <laughs> that $350,000 number that you just quoted, if you can get people to make that connection between taking care of your health now will reduce cost and save you money going forward. Yes. And will extend your career. I
1: said, I'm 66 now. I'm down to the same weight I was when I graduated from college. Mm. I'm finally on a thyroid medication. I have a low thyroid. Other than that, I'm on no meds. My blood pressure is normal.
0: Um well, you look great and people can't see it, but it looks great. <laughs> but it's it's
1: it's also reducing your own you know. Um I've I've had Tom Singer on the podcast a number of times and he talked about his business collapsed in the in the pandemic. He was a public speaker. And he said right before um the pandemic, he took up meditation. He says that's how he survived. And I know you're big into meditation, it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. You know, taking care of your own mental health. So, all of this, the only thing you can control when it comes to ageist beliefs is your own. So, start
0: there. Yeah, I like these three that you've used. To- yeah. Change your beliefs around it. Keep learning and take care of your health. Right? Yes. Those are the three big ones, right? Yep. And, you know, and, and it's like
1: I can't make anybody do anything. So um, I all the, the only thing I really need to focus on is
0: focus inward. Yeah, but it's, but it's, but the knowledge of this, understanding this, and, and kind of not being caught off guard. And again, <clears throat> the quote, the just these three things, these coaching tips, like if people would understand earlier on in their career that this thing is coming, you can't change it. It's going to be <laughs> at some point, right? And so, make sure you keep learning make sure you take care of yourself right? and make sure that you understand your own beliefs around this thing um around ageism as as and how it kind of shows up not to get stuck in blaming everybody else oh you should stop this you should stop that but in order for you to, to take control of what you can control is that a correct yeah. ex- kind of yeah. summary of that
1: yeah it if you want a good book to read on this, I had Becky Levy on my podcast. She wrote the book, uh, Breaking the Age Code. And she she's a professor at Yale. And she, it was quite fascinating of her talking about and writing about how our age beliefs really affect all kinds of stuff, including our health. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like if if you go find the Blue Zones yeah you poor know, people the people most likely live past a hundred there is
0: these people all have a different age beliefs yeah i remember um, i read that book it's it's fascinating it's fascinating stuff. yeah so yeah it's um focus, focus inwards yeah excellent well this has been so enlightening work Thank you for sharing some time with us here and and uh tell us if people want to um find you and and learn more how can they do that they can go to careerpivot.com you will find the blog there
1: there's the repurpose your career podcast which can be found on apple podcast stitcher amazon spotify everywhere um and if you're interested in reaching out to me just contact me at mark it's m-a-r-c
0: my mama knew how to spell at careerpivot.com Excellent. Thank you so much, Mark. Once again, my name is Cojohn Berkman. To learn more about my approach to coaching, enter gbpersonalcoaching.com into your browser, and that will take you to my website. Thanks for listening. Be well.